does it take to walk the spiritual path? Does it take years and years of book study, hours and hours of tutelage under the wise elders of mystical and esoteric traditions, organized religion? In this special conversation with author and out-of-body expert William Buhlman, he insists it's none of the above. In fact, he thinks that although the spiritual journey can be lonely at times, unless and until we have the courage of our convictions to toss all of the old belief systems that have held us in a perpetual state of compliance for years and embrace the individual journey, we will never evolve. Listen to William Buhlman's insights and ask yourself the question, am I truly on the spiritual path? Buhlman, this conversation, I would say, is long overdue. We haven't had you on the show for well over a year. Actually, I think going on two years. So I thought it was time we check in. And I know you've been keeping the frenetic pace, both you and your lovely wife, Susan. And we'll be discussing some of the great projects you're currently working on, including an upcoming online workshop both you and Susan will be conducting called Our Incredible Journey. Well, speaking of which, I was recently on the web page uh, for this particular workshop, and I love the message that appears at the top of the page. So I'm going to read it for our audience right now. It says, quote, prepare for a wild ride. The raw truth of our existence is far more mind bending than any work of fiction. We are magnificent, creative, and eternal beings who are learning and evolving through intense physical experiences. The universal path we travel is an individual journey that begins with the courage to open our minds to question everything. The key is to awaken and become an active participant in our personal spiritual path, not just a passive believer in it, end quote. You know, there's a lot that you convey here, Bill, but the last sentence is what I'd like to start our conversation out with. Quote, the key is to awaken and become an active participant in our personal spiritual path, not just a passive believer in it. So we're talking about being proactive in our evolution, proactive. We're talking about ditching the intellectual understanding of what a spiritual path entails and going for the gusto, the experience. So let's start with that, Mr. Bill Buhlman. Elaborate, please. And welcome, by the way. (laughs) Hi. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I feel, matter of fact, I know from my 45 years of -of out-of-body experiences that um, reading will not give us the insights and the personal knowledge we need to truly understand and truly comprehend the nature of our journey. Uh, It's essential that we become active explorers of consciousness and not just believers in some uh, mythical journey Mm. that someone else may have had thousands of years ago. Uh, We all have the capability to have our own profound experiences. We just have to open to it, and that's essential. Uh, reading, you could read thousands of books and study every known philosophy that's out there, and you still wouldn't have a clue about the nature of reality and the immense multidimensional nature of yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, The key is to develop your own abilities to have your own profound experiences, whatever that method is. You have to... Find the method that works for you. Everyone's different. Mm -hmm. I chose uh, many 
over four decades ago, I, I started pursuing my personal exploration of the truth and my own inner journey through out-of-body experiences. Mm -hmm. I found it to be exciting and uh, and absolutely mind-blowing. And it, it just awoken me instantly to this whole idea of what we are and where we're going. And it shook me out of that uh, that that idea that uh, that I that unfortunately we've been conditioned to believe that we're not capable of having profound experiences. Mm -hmm. We've been conditioned and trained for 2000 years by belief systems that you have to depend on your religion or your philosophy, that they will provide the answers for you. And that's all you have to do is believe. I rapidly found out that that is bogus. It's a lie. Mm -hmm. We are all spiritual, multidimensional beings, and we all have the ability to have the same profound experiences that are written about in all the uh, religious texts throughout history, whether it be Buddha or Jesus or Muhammad. It doesn't matter. We are the same multidimensional beings. We have the exact same, let's just say, natural abilities to become aware of our true self mm -hmm. and that's our that's our heritage that's that's what we're here for i feel yeah. and it's essential that we start to focus on a method to conduct and explore a method to have our own profound experiences mm -hmm. so we obtain the answers for ourselves otherwise you're a pawn right. you're a total pawn of belief systems you're a fault pawn of religions and governments and philosophies. You're a pawn of everything that's around you. The only way to break free from that is to have your own experiences and to prove to yourself the nature of your reality. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. You know, we've talked about, oh, we're getting the feedback here. I hope our audience can't hear it. Okay, we're taking our chances here. Um, are you there? Are you still there? Yeah. Okay, great. We're, we're kind of going in and out, but hopefully we can hang in there. Look, we've talked about this bill before. In fact, I don't know that there's a conversation we've ever had on this show with you that we did not approach that. And I think it stands it, it stands to be repeated that there obviously has been a template or templates set before us historically. Uh, and people are loath to untether themselves to these templates, perhaps because they're more convenient. Maybe it maybe. Uh, it, it's just too much responsibility to walk an individual journey. But I want to talk a bit, and I'm, I'm, I'm painting this with a broad brush, certainly, but I do want to talk about the individual journey or, or what which you mentioned as well, what I like to call the sovereign spiritual path. You know, each of us is on a personalized journey, but it, it seems, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're so enmeshed in the outer world. We find ourselves caught up in measuring our journey by how we see others or how we're told our journey should be. How did this happen? And for God's sakes, how do we begin to withdraw from this? Well, I think the, the most important thing is to begin to take a critical look at what you believe. We've all been conditioned, programmed, and indoctrinated by our society and culture. It's just look at this. I mean, we all, including me, I'm no, I'm no different. I was brought up as an altar boy and a, a, a Lutheran, and I, that, was, that was jammed down my throat pretty heavily. The point is we have to take a hard, critical look at what we believe. Why do we believe it? Is it based on any kind of personal evidence supporting it? 
And I think that's a that's a really good place to start. You know, it's kind of shocking when you realize that there's 7.6 billion people on the planet, but how many of them know the basic answers to the questions of their life? Like, where did I come from before I was born? Where am I going at death? Mm -hmm. Not just some nebulous, fictional place like, oh, I'm going to heaven. Where exactly are you going? What, how does it function? Who will be there? What will it appear like? What are the rules of that reality? How does the entire process work? I mean, people, the answers are available. They're not hidden. But we have to open our minds to the fact that the answers are only waiting for us to open to them. That we are not powerless sinners, as we've been told by so many religions. Mm -hmm. We're powerful spiritual beings with the ability to answer the big questions for ourselves. But we have to take the effort to discover and then learn methods for us to explore in, inwardly, whether it be deep meditation or out-of-body experiences or what, however, whatever path you choose. Mm -hmm. But find a method that can effectively open you to obtain the answers for yourself so you're no longer a pawn. Right. Well, you say obtaining the answers, but something else you say in that first paragraph that we opened with, which is question everything. And we're hearing yeah. that a lot now is sort of a mantra to question everything. I know I'm the big questioner myself, always have been. But um, you're, we're talking about answers. But first, we've got to start to reacclimate people to not be afraid to ask the question, the questions, whatever. Uh, but again, asking the questions, not necessarily to a book or to a workshop or to this interview even, but to source, just ask the question. Yes? Oh, absolutely. And, and if you can't answer the basic questions of life, then, I mean, we go through life planning every moment. We plan our meals. We, we plan every aspect of our lives, but yet... We're on this 80, 90 year journey and we don't know the end destination of this journey. Mm -hmm. That's insane because the answers are available, but we have to make the necessary steps and effort to obtain the answers for ourselves. First, we have to acknowledge that we are powerful spiritual beings that can obtain the answers. We have to break free from the old paradigms. And by the old paradigms, I mean this old paradigm that you have to you have to be dependent upon a religion uh, or old men in hats to tell you what you need. I mean, it, it's you have to get beyond the control mechanisms that's that's in, impacted all of us, mm -hmm. and we've all been influenced by these control mechanisms of that are inherent in society and culture. We've all been indoctrinated. I've said this before that my first out-of-body experience was a huge wake-up to me because I thought I was a physical being. I thought that was my entire identity. And then I finally, my first out-of-body experience, I realized, oh my God, I exist beyond the body. Blew the I'm more open. than the body. Yeah. yeah wow. It sounds like a minor thing, but it's a, it's a paradigm-shifting event for people when they recognize, oh my God. I'm not my physical body at all. Mm. And once you even even the basis of our civilization that we're physical humans, what if that's flawed? What if we're not physical? What if we're a non 
physical species that's evolving through the use of temporary form-based biological vehicles. I mean, it opens up a whole new realm of perception and it opens your mind to other steps along the way that give you opportunities to, to absolutely obtain the answers for yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you ever go back, Bill? I know we've talked about your first out-of-body experience, and I'm sure many of the of your fans that are hopefully listening today have heard it, but it, it, I think it would be kind of neat to go back. I guess what I want to ask you is, do you ever reflect on that first OBE that you had and, and relive that experience and that epiphany? I, I, I think every time I have an out-of-body experience, it's a reminder of that first one because it's a reinforcement of what I learned uh, 45 years ago. And that is number one, that I'm not a physical body and that, that it's a multi-dimensional universe and I'm a multi-dimensional being. It's a constant reinforcement of what I learned. The thing is it's difficult to convey that information because it's for many people, it's alien. Everybody has been conditioned and indoctrinated into very strict belief systems about what they are and their roles. In other words, we're, uh, humans are obsessed with their nationality mm. and their genders and their uh, racial makeup and all these physical, like uh, their DNA now. I know, a lot of, lot of that going on, yeah. May I say, because soul does not have DNA. Uh, we are far, we're, we're beings far beyond these physical attributes. And as long as we identify with these dense physical attributes as us and internalize that, that's a block. People don't look at this, but it's very serious block. How can you have a profound spiritual experience when you have absolutely conditioned yourself to believe that you're, you're basically a hunk of flesh mm -hmm. with a three pound brain? It's you've created the blocks. Everybody throws out their own anchors. And there's many anchors that are thrown down and we've accepted that are part of our society and our culture. And we have to start taking a hard look at everything that we've been taught. Right. I, I, the first thing I, I remember back in the 70s, I recognized and it was scary. I must admit, this is a scary thought and it will be for many of your listeners. But just about everything I ever learned in my entire life was a lie. Everything, every belief was either flawed or a flat out lie. And it really shapes it. It, it shakes you to the core. And that's what's needed. That's what a spiritual awakening is. You have to start to take a look at everything, everything you thought was true. And you start to look at it objectively and analyze it. And, and just know, you look at it and go, oh, my God, I believed that for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And now I know it's a lie. The point is, we frame our reality. We mold our reality by our beliefs because that impacts our perception of our surroundings and ourselves. We create the blocks to our spiritual progress. I agree. No with one you. else does. We do. Yeah. I agree so it's you. imperative that we start to take a hard look at our beliefs and start to write them down. Why do you believe this <clears throat> often BS? Mm. Because somebody wrote it in the book? 
you know, we have to take a hard look at that. Yeah, I know. I know. I suppose it's easier said than done. I will say, uh, um, not in defensive, but on behalf of not only our audience, but a broader uh, portion of the population, thankfully, people are starting to question, Bill. I think we're, we are moving the needle a little bit, maybe even more than a little bit. Uh, obviously, it, it, it needs a lot more. But uh, I, I do think that there's a sense of trepidation of going on it, going at it alone, because, you know, the spiritual journey can be lonely. I, oh, absolutely. I, it can be lonely. And yet it's we very, know it can be very lonely. If you yeah. can't share your experiences with others, that's a, that's tough. Yeah. I, look, I, I've been there. Right. I remember in the 70s, I found out real quick, I couldn't talk to other people about my experiences. I sounded like a complete nut. Yeah. Well, you couldn't tell people, oh, I just left my body the other day and <laughs> I had yeah. contact with my dead uncle mm -hmm. and we talked about, you know, you just can't do that. I mean, it, it, so believe me, I know better than anybody, I think, how lonely the journey can be. Mm -hmm. You have to have the courage of your convictions that you've gained from personal experience. Mm -hmm. Again, that's why personal experience is so incredibly important. And powerful. Agreed. Yes, you can, because without it, you you would be mold. You'll you'll just be like the the vast majority of people that are molded by society and culture right. into belief systems, and totally basically pawns of the these powerful belief systems mm -hmm. that dominate our society and culture. Mm -hmm. Well, again, <clears throat> as I'm surveying, you know, through my work, th this show, of course, and and attending. Uh, events in which like-minded people that are that do have the courage of their convictions are coming together. I am seeing, I think, a swelling of this sort of sovereign path. So I, so I think that's a good thing. And I, I've said this many times, and I'm speaking to my audience right now. This is what this show and others like it are for: to remind, remind everyone, you are not alone. As cliche as it sounds. Yeah. It can be lonely, but you're not alone. And I'm not just talking about the invisible friends we've got, because they're they're around too. But there are I hear from so many of you, and I'm always uh, gra gratified to hear from you. Um, anything that we can do to 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 encourage you to keep that journey, because you're not alone, even though it's lonely. So yeah, that's very very true. That's been some of the uh, the benefits, and this is a double edged sword of the uh, social media forums. Some of them are good, some of them are not. Mm. But it, at least it gives people an opportunity to share um, their experiences with others. Right. It may not have been available 10 years ago, for instance. Agreed, agreed, yeah. So again, even that's a double-edged sword. We both know that many of the social media sites are very fear-based and very slanted to a belief system, let's say. Mm. Yeah. Provides an opportunity. Uh, this is why I think Monroe Institute has been so popular uh, for people. It gives people an opportunity to meet with people of like mind, and that's a big part of the workshops that are mm. people attend. Well, we're going to talk about uh, the the big one you've got uh, coming up. Well, this one I'm speaking of is going to be. I think it's is it sponsored by Monroe? Our incredible yes. journey. Okay, we're going to leave that toward the end so you can give everyone the details on that. And one of these days, I'm threatening to get there. I will get there. But I agree. Um, the social networks, I suppose, are great. Uh, they serve a purpose, particularly for those that can't get up and travel. 
but it, there's nothing that takes the place of being able to look into one's eye and give a hug and, and share exchange ideas and uh, uh, similarities in uh, in person. So I do Absolutely. agree. I hope, That's important. Yeah. Hope that never goes away. Well, let's talk about, let, you know what, let's get into the, to the, uh, to your, uh, our incredible journey and maybe talk a little bit about some of the things you're going to be presenting, uh, not just presenting, but teaching like Hemisync. Uh, you're going to be talking about knowledge of non-physical realities. Elaborate on that a bit so people can get a little bit of a taste for what this is all about. This is the online workshop. Uh, well, the online workshop uh, was developed by myself and my wife, Susan. She's a, uh, a death doula. In other words, she sits with people who are dying. Mm -hmm. um, and she had years of experience with that. I, I present uh, the metaphysical aspects of the course, uh, including all of the live. We provide seven what is filmed uh, video techniques. It's like um, uh, deep meditations. Hmm. Um, I do those, uh, for instance, setting your intention, very important. Higher self now, I call it, that is so important. You have to have your intention set. Uh, that's a good starting point. If you wanna have a profound experience, set your intention to have a profound experience. Hmm. That's how the workshop starts. Uh, setting your intention, and I use the term higher self now, some people use spiritual essence now. It's important to always use the word now because mm. the subconscious mind does not acknowledge a timeline as we perceive it. Interesting. Now is critically important when you're doing an affirmation. Uh, and we start the workshop that way, and it goes for three weeks, it's six sessions, two per week. And it's been uh, quite gratifying. Uh, it's my first time I've done an online workshop. I've been doing live ones for 25 years. Mm -hmm. So you've done this one live before, this, this same essential workshop? Well, I've done this in the physical world. It was called Destination Higher Self at Monroe uh, Institute. It was a four-day workshop. And what I cover Basically, it's how to have a profound spiritual experience and also how to prepare for your transition, how to make or how to, to the best of your ability, make death a, an, a, an absolutely launch pad of consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's not the gnashing of teeth. It's not the, um, the end all. It's the continuation of this magnificent journey we're all on and accept it, use it as that, use it as a launch pad of consciousness. Instead of today, it's used more as an, oh my God, it's terrible, it's the end. In other words, how to prepare yourself, not only yourself, but your loved ones and even your pets. Mm. How to get as prepared as possible for a transition and assisting others in their transition. That's what this is primarily about. Okay. I handle the metaphysical and my wife handles the practical aspects of sitting with the dying person and assisting them. Uh, it, it, we cover a lot of territory. It's uh, quite profound in many ways because we, we provide a lot of insight into the nature of multidimensional reality. 
mm-hmm. and the actual nature of this transition that so many people are afraid of. Yeah. Because it's like many people say it's not death, it's just a, you're just walking into another room, as has been said before. Hmm. Uh, but in other words, th- that's why I found this course so incredibly powerful, I think, and people have responded extremely well to it. Are you finding that uh, the people that are interested in this particular talk are those that are actually in the midst of transition or family perhaps are in the midst of transition or all, you know, people that are just looking for a broad spiritual experience or a little bit of both? It's actually a little bit of both. Um, I've had attendees that were in the throes of four-stage cancer when I did Destination Higher Self. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've also had their loved ones present. And, but we've also had people that are younger people that just feel that this is important information and they should know how to be prepared to assist their mothers and fathers mm-hmm. of ones. So you have a, the audience is a lot broader than I thought it would be, actually. Yeah, that's interesting. I know that when we did our last show, Bill, I'm sorry, say again? It's, it's every demographic. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's definitely a good sort of measure measuring stick of the times that we're living in for, for good, bad, and indifferent. But, you know, one thing I really want to get to the heart, too, because I remember when we did our last show, it was, in fact, on Higher Self Now. We're going to get into that book a little bit uh, later, Higher Self Now, that you wrote uh, with your lovely wife, Susan. And I did get some feedback from people that said, oh, if I had known it was about dying, I wouldn't have tuned in. Or I mean, you're going to get a little bit of everything. But I really want for you, if you would, just to set the record straight, why is it, maybe you've answered this uh, in a manner of speaking before, but I'm going to say, ask again, <clears throat> why is it so important for us to be acclimated to afterlife environments in order to make this life more meaningful? In other words, how do the two sort of coincide? Oh, they, because it's a continuing journey. People look at this, unfortunately, as a one-shot deal. And once you open up to the nature of your true reality, you understand you've been here many times before and you may be here many times again. The problem is that most people at transition have no knowledge of transition and they end up in what I would perceive the middle astral. In other words, if you are a staunch believer in a stringent or let's just say popular beliefs, in other words, a religious belief system, you're going to end up in a consensus reality with others of like mind, of equal, let's just say, knowledge and evolution. And in other words, people at death only move. I I talk about the universe being endless and that there's multi-dimensions. I refer to this quite often. But when people die, they only move I often use, um, you can't see it, but they're only moving an inch into the universe. Mm. The universe is vast, but they have so many fears, so so much lack of true knowledge about the journey of consciousness they're on. They limit themselves to consensus realities of those of like mind. And in doing so, they they restrict in many ways their potential evolution after death. 
So, and, and that's one aspect of it. And the other part is that this is exciting. People look at this as, I look at every out-of-body experience, for instance, is a, as even St. Paul said, it's like, that's a precursor for your death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, you're training yourself for this, this shift of, uh, of consciousness. And this shift of consciousness is important. It gives you an opportunity to either turn that, that your transition into a step into a consensus reality that's very limited or a potential launch pad of consciousness into this vast freedom of the multidimensional universe beyond their expectation. And I'm not the only one who says this. The Buddhists talk about this with the Bawa. They have a technique that they've been teaching for 1500 years where they, they instruct when someone dies, a Buddhist Lama or monk will sit by the dying person and will guide them to go to their Buddha nature, hmm. to go to their higher self, to go to that spiritual aspect of themselves. Not, do not stop at these lower vibrational realities. Go and have a profound spiritual experience at death. It's possible. They've been saying this for 1500 years. It's nothing new. What I've tried to do is put it into a way that's understandable to the average person who is not necessarily going to read the Tibetan Book of the Dead or obtain uh, that kind of information. Plus that, it's also wrapped in their, their own mysticism. Mm-hmm. So you have to uh, demystify what is already created. The point is that we have opportunities for immense abilities to experience our spiritual essence now and that transition. But we have to grasp that and, 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 and learn how to take advantage of it. That's what the core of the course is about. Mm-hmm. Turning death into a profound spiritual adventure of consciousness. You keep mentioning the word now. I'm going to type this out here, exclamation point now. You you said something really interesting that when we are looking to have a profound experience, whatever modality we're using, whatever we're doing, always include the word now because the universe, I, I don't know if you use the term universe, but there, ultimately there is no, it does not understand our past, present, future as we do in a linear fashion. So now means in the present moment. Could you give us a few examples, Bill, on how, you know, higher self now, awareness now, I know you've said that. Give us a few other examples that people can start to play with. Let's say they wanted to do some, they wanted something now. <laughs> what well, would this you- applies to all things including you're creating your personal reality. One of the things, one of the reasons that creating your reality for many people doesn't seem to be effective is that they don't focus on the now. Hmm. I train people to create a mental move, movie of your life, how you would want it in the present moment with these changes that you want now. Create the mental movie and build upon that. In other words, it's not somewhere off in the future. That's, that's nebulous. When you leave your body, for instance, during an out-of-body experience or near-death experience, it doesn't matter how it's initiated. There is no time. Mm-hmm. 
I've never seen any relevance to time because we're immortal. We're powerful, immortal beings. Time is just of the physical. And we limit ourselves when we structure and frame our ability to create in a timeline. We have to break free from that paradigm. The classic example is when you're having an out-of-body experience or in deep meditation or whatever kind of method you use. It could be shamanic journey and it doesn't matter. Use while you're in this deep, deep, deep state. That's a perfect time to use a powerful affirmation, higher self now. Test it. See for yourself. Open yourself up to that ability to have a profound personal experience and see what happens. That's all I suggest. Okay. Higher self now. Is there an advantage to speaking the word or the words of the affirmation aloud? I have my own feeling about that, but I'd love to get your thoughts. Sure. It raises your vibratory rate. Yeah. It also, uh, absolutely. And there are certain power phrases that you can use. And we've known this throughout history. Even the religions have known this. And they have their own. They've created power phrases. Anything you can do to raise your vibratory rate is going to be as, assist you. Like many people are fear-based. And they're always worried about this is going to happen to me or that. That's because they've the, the, the bottom line is they've actually believed some of these bogus fear-based beliefs, and they've incorporated that into their subconscious mind, Mm. which of course creates a huge block. One of the ways to overcome this, besides acknowledging the fact that you, you have this issue, is of course, is to use a power phrase that can propel you or open you beyond the limits of your own personal self created mental beliefs that you have created. Remember our the walls that we create are always self-created. All the walls. Everybody is walking around pointing their finger at someone else. The government did it. My parents did this to me. Uh, society did this to me. You know, where really the, the, that's it's a victim mentality. It's a very negative, low vibrational state to be in. It, the key is to enhance your vibratory rate. And higher self now as a chant is one way to do this, whether in the body or out of the body. As a chant, so you're saying repetitively to see? Yes, oh, absolutely. As, a, as an inner chant, as a meditation. I talk about this extensively. Matter of fact, one of the techniques I teach is to imagine that you have a block of granite before you. And then carve that block of granite represents your subconscious and conscious mind and close your eyes and with the very best tools you have, meaning your imagination, carve your intention, higher self now into the granite, carve each letter and carve it deep and then repeat this as you're falling asleep. It's a, it's a technique in itself to raise your vibration. It's a technique to initiate profound dreams. Mm-hmm. It's a technique to initiate, let's just say, to enhance your journeys of consciousness, no matter how they're inspired. 
because it will help to propel, help you to open up to higher levels within yourself. Love it. I think that is powerful. And I do think that the spoken word definitely carries more of a vibratory um, channel. I don't know if that's the right way of putting it, but something about the vocal cords even having, you know, an effect or resonance in the environment and moving things energetically that I, I agree with you, that speaking it aloud is and with conviction, of course, always. So let me ask you a question, um, staying on the same topic, but just again, looking at um, this concept of life being a test. And I'll tell you why I'm bringing this up. I, I recently had a conversation with someone about this idea of our, the things that happen to us in life as being a test. We throw that term around a lot. Challenges are a test. Life is a litmus test. And interestingly, that person responded back to me, I don't think it's about the test but the experience, which I found to be interesting. Do you think we're being tested, Bill? Particularly if this planet is a training ground, and I'm going to take this from a quote that you said, we are in an amazing training ground designed for our development and evolution. So if this is a training ground, would, would it be fair, wouldn't it be fair to say at some point there will be a test to see how we did with the training? Well, I think we learn by becoming that which we wish to learn. Um, and I think if you want to, the test is a little harsh of a word, mm. I think, in that regard. Uh, we learn through experience. Um, I've said this many times. Uh, you can read a thousand books on being a female in the 20th century, but you're not going to get it unless you become a female in the 20th century. Mm. Uh, you'll, no amount of books is going to give you that knowledge. We become, we are a non-physical evolving species that uses form as expressions and vehicles of our consciousness. And we use experience. We become what we wish to learn. And we, through that, means we have incredible numbers of all kinds of experiences. It doesn't matter how you label them. The point is the experience itself, you're gaining personal knowledge and wisdom because you have experienced it yourself. You've walked the walk. And no amount of books can give you that knowledge. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's mm. the key. Uh, evolution through experience. I love that. Evolution through experience. We've had this, this is deja vu. We've had this conversation before. You and I both agree that belief is, it's not about belief, it's about knowing. Uh, I'm not going to repeat the quote I say all the time. Belief is something that we that is typically given to us by a third party that we agree to accept, but it's not based or rooted in life experience. Because I say that if you've had the experience, you then have the knowledge, and belief is a step you need not go have anymore. It's an unnecessary step. Yes. Yeah, the, the real key is to find a method of inner exploration that resonates with you. And that's a difficult journey for many people because everyone's different. Yeah. I, I know from, from teaching out-of-body experiences now for 25 years and doing workshops that it's, this is not for everybody. Yeah. This is, this is uh, you have to have extreme courage. You have to have, you know, you have to have, it takes a certain kind of person. That's why meditation is the number one way 
in the world today that people explore consciousness, their inner self, because it's not as extreme. It's a softer way. But you have to find what works for you. There's shamanic methods. There's uh, all kinds of Buddhist meditations. There's all kinds of, there's kundalini yoga, raja yoga. There's, ex, there's all kinds of methods that are out there now. We're fortunate to live in an age where we have these choices. Just think in the dark ages, we didn't have these kind mm, of choices. Right. We had a choice between two religions that were at war with one another. Uh, so now we're open to these, these wonderful choices. And that's, that's the big decision. But, but select something. Do something to give yourself an opportunity to have an, this profound experience. It doesn't matter if you get it from meditation or from a kundalini yoga or from a shamanic journey. It doesn't matter. The key is to have that experience. Uh, and that's, that's where I think... That's what people are awakening to today. That's what I find very positive. Because mm. uh, I've observed, you know, my first ex OB was 45 years ago. And you couldn't even talk about these subjects we're discussing right now. Mm -hmm. Nobody discussed this. Now we have went through as opening, especially in the last 20 years, where now we can discuss this openly and people are starting to take it seriously. Like, uh, they're, they're no longer, many people are dissatisfied with the status quo of beliefs. Yeah. They realize the answers are not given to them. And, and so they, they, they want answers. And if you want answers, become an explorer of consciousness for yourself. Yeah. That's, that's why the Monroe Institute has done well for 45 years. There's, there's no philosophies provided. You're provided, the only thing provided is an ideal locale for you to have a profound experience using sound technology with guided meditations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you decide what your experience, no one's there telling you what to believe. That's one of the reasons I became a part of it eight years ago. Because most of these organizations are slanted. They have a, they, they have a belief system underpinning their philosophy let's put it that way right right or they can be skewed let's say or maybe they're they're leading to you should be expecting this kind of experience and if you don't get it <laughs> if you don't have it then you've you've missed you're basing your philosophy of life on someone else's beliefs yeah. you're framing your entire reality based on a third party <clears throat> very 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 tenuous situation to put it mild. In other words, you're building a house on quicksand. Mm. The key is for you to take the reins and say, hey, I can do this. Yes, it might it may take a lifetime, but I can do this. I can learn. I can grow. I can have my own experiences. I can come to my own uh, realizations about who and what I am. I don't need some 1,500-year uh, book telling me mm -hmm. what I should believe. Right, right. You know, I, I, I want to bring up something that something just came to me, uh, a show that I did uh, several shows ago now about how some people tend to be magnets for I use the term paranormal experience, but we'll just say profound experience to put it even broader. See if you agree with me on this or not, that why is it that it seems that some people I know people that I know, 
that have talked to me every time you turn around, Alexis, I just had this experience. A week later, Alexis, I just had this other yeah. experience. They seem to magnetize extraordinary experience, whether we call it, uh, you know, paranormal, high strangeness, anomalous, whatever, or, you know, just spiritual uh, sojourns that happen all the time, wherein others don't. What's happening? I, I'd love to get your way in on that because I've posed this to a couple of my guests in the past. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Some people have opened themselves up to have more profound experiences. I've witnessed this for 25 years doing workshops. Are they There's, born with it? I mean, or are they some consciously people are born with it? Some people are born more open than others. Some people go through an opening. Uh, if uh, I can use myself as an example of that, because I was I didn't believe anything uh, when I was age 20. I, I rejected it all. I thought it was all a bunch of baloney until I had my own experience. And then I, that, that was my opening. But many people are, um, let's just say, open to profound experiences. Now, here's the, here is, I like to add something else to this. Here is where there's an issue. And that is everybody's typically, and I've, I'm speaking as a trainer for the past 25 years uh, and acknowledging the fact that also, there's an issue with people framing their experiences based on their old beliefs. Mm -hmm. It's hard to reject all of the old indoctrination and conditioning that we had from childhood because it's part of our subconscious mind. And we have a tendency, people have a tendency to frame their, let's just say, altered states that there's openings of consciousness where you have that profound insight or you just have a profound experience, whatever it may be. And they have to make your logical mind is desperate to make sense of this, mm -hmm. which is difficult because a lot of these experiences go beyond linear time. They go beyond what we would even perceive as form based realities. So how do you make sense of this? There is a tendency and I've noticed this for many decades for people to frame their experiences by the beliefs of their childhood using and it's and and that is where the, many people limit themselves to uh, because they're constantly framing the experience based on a religious icon or belief system or because of what they may have read in a book mm -hmm. Agreed. So we have to be cautious of too when we begin to have we have to remain open and try our best to not to jump to conclusions is what I'm saying. Right. We have a tendency to come back from a profound experience and and make this immense decision about what it means. Agreed. Yeah. We have to remember our mind is is molding and framing. In other words, when we enter into a highly a, a, a deep altered state into a non-physical reality, we are not just observers of reality, we are active participants of that reality. We are, uh, in a way, shaping and molding to a certain degree the experience we are having by the cultural beliefs we share. For instance, people see angels because they've been taught to believe that angels exist. In other cultures, they don't see angels, they'll see something else. Mm -hmm. Buddhism, they may see Buddha. 
or an image of Buddha for it. I'm just using this as an example. It's classic. Absolutely. And so we have to be careful not to jump to conclusion. Oh, the angel Gabriel come to me is what I hear a lot or some angel. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't a profound experience. It was, but we have to remember everyone is framing their experiences based on their subconscious programming. Mm -hmm. It's better to sit back and analyze and after the experience, of course, write the experience down without prejudice, without belief system overlay. In other words, everybody's entering their altered states and profound experiences often with rose colored glasses of their beliefs. Mm-hmm. And they don't shoot. They, everybody thinks they're a free thinker, but we're really not. We've all been programmed from birth. Mm-hmm. To some extent. Agreed. To some extent. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a deep programming. Not only the religions, but your parents, our educational system, everything around us has been pro. We've been programmed by the time we hit age 16, mm-hmm. pretty deeply. Agreed. And we have to take that into account. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Wow. It's a multi-layered onion, that's for sure. But I think, again, those particularly that have the desire uh, and the perhaps a propensity to be uh, to be explorers will have a good shot at shedding whatever habituation they have in that direction. So, Oh, absolutely. Well, I think yeah. that's why the profound experience alone makes you often question uh, the old paradigms and you mm-hmm. break through them very quickly mm-hmm. if you're okay. open to it. Agreed. Yeah. So, but it's, and my point is it's, it's a, it's a point that's worth mentioning. It sure is. Well, it's a, it's a sticking point. <laughs> Actually, it's a point that's worth staying on. So let's, uh, let's hope that all of our, I call our audience, the journeyers, the, 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 those that are inquisitive and, and willing to, to take that journey. So, well, listen, in our remaining time, I, let, let's talk about another great project both you and your wife, Susan, collaborated on. And that's a book that I had the distinct honor, and I mean, Bill, the distinct honor of narrating for you and Susan, and that is Higher Self Now, Accelerating Your Spiritual Evolution. Let's talk about that. How's that going? How's that audio book doing? And uh, my, I finally got my voice back. I've actually done a couple books since then, but that this was my first big audio book, and it was a delight. And eye-opening for me, I might add, to do in a big way. Well, it's it's doing extremely well. You did a fantastic job uh, with the entire narration. Oh, well, thank you. Just it was so a that, pleasure. You, know, you really did. Uh, we, Susan and I were both very pleased with your uh, production. Uh, and it was a big one. I mean, it's a 300-page book. Yeah, it was. So it, was not a, it was not a minor uh, accomplishment. Believe me, I rec- I couldn't have done it because oh. my voice would never have held out. Mine didn't. Uh, Susan I to- couldn't have done it, that's for sure. So uh, you, it, it, it's it's done very well. Uh, the book now is in five languages. Beautiful. Um, oh, it's sold uh, many, many copies worldwide. We're very pleased with the reception we've gotten. So uh, thank you for your participation in that project. Um, It just worked out just beautifully. Well, when I say it was a pleasure, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And you and I, obviously, the three of us have been talking through this, you know, me calling you saying, okay, how do you want me to handle this? How do you want me to handle that? Or telling stories about interesting things that happened to me serendipitously as I was recording the book. I don't know if I want to get into it right now. Some some of them personal, but... I, I say it was a pleasure and an honor because when you're reading or really playing the role of, of uh, you know, the, the, of course, this was a nonfiction book. This was uh, uh, re- real, the real deal. 
but, but you still are putting so much of yourself, you really have to become what is being messaged. And it was, it really kind of shifted my paradigm, uh, Bill, for sure. This is a powerful book, guys. I hope you'll go out and get it. Whether it's the audiobook or the paperback or hardback, it doesn't matter to me. The words that were written are powerful. The messages are very powerful. And I know that you're going to be incorporating some of those themes in the in the November workshop. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. A lot of that. The, yeah. Um, the the online workshop is the whole. The book is the basis of the online workshop. I see. That, we're, okay. that will be coming. That will. Uh, well, it will be reposted in November, mm-hmm. uh, Our Incredible Journey, Life, Death, and Beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the book is really the workbook for that. Um, oh, okay. Beautiful. Okay. We'll make sure to have a link to both the audiobook and the uh, paperback, Kindle. I believe it's in Kindle. Yes? Kindle yes. Format? Okay. We'll have links to that. That's a great one. I'm looking at it right now. It's on my shelf, and uh, it'll – it'll. Uh, I'm tempted to, to, to lend it out, but I don't want to let go of that, that hard – copy <laughs> my dog-eared hard copy at this point but well listen we're, we're going to wind up tell us give us this the details on the november workshop and then you've got you're doing a couple of things in november right you're also giving a talk at an afterlife conference so tell us all about those two things where can people sign up and get into it uh yes i'll be doing a uh at the afterlife conference in orlando florida um i'll be doing a what uh, a lecture um, I think it's um, our 15-minute lecture uh, and also a three-hour workshop like a mini workshop on uh, out-of-body exploration the basics of mm-hmm. out-of-body exploration mm-hmm. Beautiful. so I don't do many of these um, I, I'm generally at the Monroe Institute uh, only mm-hmm. But uh, I decided this is my third time actually at this conference. It's a very nice conference, very good conference mm-hmm. in Orlando. Um, to do it, it'll be I believe the first week in November. Mm-hmm. I okay. forget the date, but it's on my website astroinfo.org. Okay. Um, but it's it's a it's a good event. I mean, it's a lot of people. I think they have like 400 people attend. Nice, nice. not too big, and but a lot of well, speakers. Raymond Moody has spoken there for years. Uh, they have some really good speakers mm-hmm. that attend. Um, uh, Eben Alexander's been there for quite a few years speaking, okay. and uh, many other people. Wonderful. But it's a top-notch conference. Anyway, uh, for those that live in Florida, it's in Orlando, Florida, which isn't a bad place to be in November. Not a bad place to be, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that'll be a, it'll be available. It's near Disney World, actually, I found out. so. Okay, okay. For those who want to combine the two. Yeah. 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 Well, we yeah. talked about there may be a chance I'll, I'll fly on out and we'll do it on camera there. So we may be doing a higher journeys uh, on the road in Orlando in November. So let's see. So that's great. So so you've got that and then plus the online uh, uh, workshop as well, our incredible journey. Um, yes. And plus my workshops at Monroe. But to my knowledge, I think they're all filled. Okay, we'll check. Let's check that out so we can make sure to post uh, everything that you're doing in the next several months. We'll have everything, of course. We'll have a link to astralinfo.org as well as specific events uh, all on the Higher Journeys website. So make sure you go to higherjourneys.com to get all that. 
All right, Bill, you, you know, the frenetic pace indeed, sir. You and your wife now. You got dragging her along <laughs> with pleasure, I'm sure. I'm sh you guys are a great team. You really are. And I love seeing uh, the two of you work together doing such incredible things. So you keep up uh, keep up the journey yourself. Godspeed, continued Godspeed. And, and don't hang up. But uh, we're going to sign off for now. I'm going to say, as always, thank you. Much appreciation to the Higher Journeys audience. And uh, we'll see you soon. I promise that. Okay, everyone, you take care.